0: I'm Megan Bob, and I'm here to understand the mysteries of wrestling.
1: And I'm Chris, and I'm here to help with the aid of a show that marks the crossroads of pro wrestling past and future. This is The Next Wrestling Fan, a classic NXT review podcast for all you marks who want to get smarter about wrestling
0: and smart fans looking for a reason to mark out again.
1: This week, We celebrate NXT's move to Wednesdays with a January 14th, 2015 episode full of woman crushes, wide shoulders, and grudge matches that are whelming, comma, under. Welcome to episode number 86 of The Next Wrestling Fan, a podcast of fights and feels. Last episode, NXT champion Sami Zayn made his feel-good return to full sale. Tyson Kidd strove to prove who wears the pants and pre-choose the cat's dinner in his marriage. And the Lucha Dragons defeated the villains in a main event that made this podcaster exclaim, Wait, is this the main event? <laughs> As for this week, we're about to hear all about it in Bob's Breakdown. After that, we'll dig into the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. We'll also be handing out our Borence Olivier Award for commitment to the bit. And after that, Megan Bob will attempt to predict next week's twist in the ongoing saga of NXT in a segment we call The Next Big Thing. First, though, it's time to check in on Bob's guests from last week and see if their prediction came true and also whether Bob remembers how this works, which is fine if you don't. It's like you are the, as always, the listener surrogate. And I don't expect the listener to be paying attention to this.
0: I love that my eyebrow raise conveyed so much and that you jumped to correct yourself so very quickly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you happen to remember what you guessed would happen last week?
0: I think I did guess something about Baron Corbin and Bull Dempsey.
1: You did guess something about them?
0: It was not what happened. I recall that.
1: Correct. You have zero points coming into this episode. Last episode, you predicted that this week baron corbin would finally get pinned but that there would be interference so he would still be a big bad lone wolf that may or may not be one of the false decoy things you have to contend with this season but it did not happen in this episode as we now know this week the next big thing was a major feud culminates in titans clashing in a match with a clean finish that lasts less than two minutes so that option will Now be eliminated from your options. You'll have zero points going into next episode. This makes the third episode in a row where you have not scored any points, which means I am very close now. I'm I'm at the halfway mark to getting a bonus episode of my own. But you will have a chance to foil me at the last moment later in the episode when you get another chance to guess the next big thing.
0: You are at a real risk of having to do five bonus episodes that are crisp bonus episodes. I may never get a single one right. And we're just going to have to... You're going to have to think of stuff that you want to cover. And then Lucas isn't going to have time to edit all this. You're just going to have to edit more podcasts.
1: (laughs) Look, this has all been very carefully engineered. You don't want to see the math that I've done about this, but things can only go so badly here. You would have to be... I mean, to get five wrong in a row, you're going to have to be doing worse than guessing at random. Buddy,
0: watch and see.
1: Mm -hmm. If you manage to never get one right... That would be an extreme mm-hmm. outlier because anytime you get one right, remember that it breaks up the count. This is by design. This is all, look. I oh. Mean, yeah, that's why you get points, but it, for me, it's a streak. This has all been worked out. The math is available for anyone who's interested. Of course, our most popular Patreon product, The Next Wrestling Fan Appendix, where I really dig into all the math involved in structuring the show. But for now, for the filthy casuals in the audience, perhaps we should move on to Bob's Breakdown and talk about some wrestling. <laughs>
0: Our commentary team for this episode is Rich Brennan, Alex Riley, and Renee Young. Oh my God, Chris, it was filmed on a Wednesday. Gasp. The most middling day of the week, hot topic here. How do you feel about Wednesdays, Chris?
1: Wednesdays used to be church days when I was a kid. Oh shit. I was never looking forward to church. In the middle of the night, late night church on a Wednesday. Fucked. I didn't even have to go to work. I still hated it.
0: Oh, that's terrible.
1: Oof. Yeah. Although, I do have to say, everybody says they love Jesus, but do you love Jesus enough to stay up praying until midnight on a Wednesday? <gasps> Why the What? See, that's what I thought. I came from a very like gatekeepy church that really thought only like a couple of thousand people were going to heaven. And if that's the standard, fuck, they're right. I mean, I, I have no defense. <laughs> you're like, you know what? I do love sleep more than
0: heaven. (laughs) Fuck sleep. Just sitting on this couch. (laughs) All right. Well, this is an extremely fruitful topic of discussion. Now we can talk about how much we have missed Tyson Kidd. Mm. I love Tyson Kidd so much. I think he might be one of my favorite wrestlers. Not because I love watching him wrestle necessarily, like because I love watching the way that he wrestles. I just love watching him. He's just one of those.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And it dovetails, too, because the way that he wrestles fits his character in a way that I yes. find yeah really compelling.
0: Luckily for us, match one, Tyson Kidd versus Finn Balor. All right. bell goes. Finn immediately does a dropkick on Kidd. And the ref's like, oh, my God, it's been two fucking seconds. Are you kidding me? Like If you see Baby Nate, she's doing like a, oh, God, oh, we just... We just got here, guys. <laughs> Finn Balor is kidding no one. Finn Balor wrecks shop on Tyson Kidd and gets ready to pull some stuff off the top rope. Kid's not going to just lie there and take that. I mean, not currently, because we're still in the early part of the match. So he rolls <laughs> out of the ring, skulks away. We get our beloved Tyson chicken chant. Chris, I didn't prepare you with these. Your top three wrestling chants. Um... I know you're going to be so mad later that you forgot one. Number one,
1: Dark Horse pick RVD, simply because I remember Lance Storm talking about how like it it was so integral, it was so essential to RVD getting over that he has a chantable name. Yes, he does. RVD is really good. Oh, and there's a motion to go with it. So it's it's perfect. Other chants, I do like basically any variant of you still suck as like the, you know, <laughs> the grudging acknowledgement that someone we don't like did something cool. That's very good. Chris
0: Newton, creator of Mega Demcast, <laughs> fan of the you still suck chant. You heard it here first.
1: <laughs> the one that I heard at King of Trios in the UK where you can put oh, anything to just... the tune, but like the...
0: Yes, I know which one you yeah. mean. Now, Finn Balor, maybe one of the world's prettiest baby faces, pursues Kid, gets slammed into the barricade for this daring act of ringside exploration, which is like, because you want to be encouraging people, like, you know, whenever they're new to the promotion, you want to be encouraging them to explore their space and all this, but no, no, Kid's not into this. Back from commercial, we find Kid in the ring with Finn Balor's face right under the turnbuckle, Kid uses his own body as a simple machine to catapult Balor's face into the underside of the turnbuckle. Which simple machine? Let's say an inclined plane. There's no real way to find out. So I think we could just leave that there. You know what I learned today? I learned that these simple machines were discovered by like Renaissance scientists. And I'm like, and they still hold up. What a fucking baller thing. Because, I mean, the four humors, that's not aged well. Mm -hmm. But the simple machines, that's done great. Good job, guys.
1: Absolutely. Although I do have to say a certain amount of that is just the chutzpah to like, I've discovered a simple machine. I give you the inclined plane. I mean. Like, oh, that that genius motherfucker. You know, somebody
0: in the 60s. At Sandia National Laboratory, which is outside of Albuquerque, discovered the seventh simple machine. Hmm. Yeah, I know. We didn't think there were more out there, but there are. I know. Look, consult your local library if you want to know more. Kid hangs Balor up in the Tree of Woe, so he's doing a hanged man tarot card. And then Kid makes sure to choke him, too, which you do normally pay extra for that. So it's very nice of Kid to be offering this for free. Finn Balor didn't put on his sparkly Aquaman panties for nothing, though. I recognize they're not really Aquaman, they're orange, but they look like something Aquaman would wear if he was like, I'm just going to only wear the panties. Finn Balor hits a barrage of Mickey tractors, a.k.a. sling blades, on Kid. He jumps over the top rope to the outside, landing on Kid and saying them both spilling to the ramp like a knocked over grocery store display. Half-priced cornbread mixes everywhere. You worked at a grocery store. Did you ever see anybody like really biff it and take
1: out a display? Yep. I had to clean it up, too. (laughs) What was it? Listen, among the things that are a pain in the ass to spill from like an end cap in a grocery store, yellow mustard. Ooh. You don't want a vinegar spill. Oof. Jelly. Oh, no. That's so sticky. And you know what? For a small spill, some flour, very easy to clean up because you put a little liquid on there and it's like very simple. Yeah. For a large spill. (laughs) You need a vacuum. At a certain point, it's like I was cleaning up, but now I'm making dirty pancakes. And this is not (laughs) there's no other way out of this. Oh, my God. Hey, hey,
0: if you're ever navigating a grocery store, check the end cap before you just boldly turn your cart. Okay, people (laughs) save your local grocery store employees in the ring. Well, on the mat at any rate. Finn goes for a kick over the top rope to get kid in the face. Okay, so I know you're going like, what does this look like? You're imagining it wrong. Imagine you were going to be like a jolly Victorian criminal and you were going to like jump over a wall in a cool yet jaunty fashion on your way to go do crimes. Chris is closing his eyes trying to get into the spirit of this. That's right. You've got a bowler hat on. You've got those little arm garters. You're saying, you know, hey, gov. So Finn Balor does that, but stops before the jump over part to deliver a kick. Only to get his leg fucked to shit on the rope by devious cat dad and noted knee hater Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd then locks in the sharpshooter. Balor's in the middle of the ring. He's struggling. He's sweaty. Every single disc in his spine is shattering before our eyes, but he makes it to the rope. Chris, has anyone ever done a sharpshooter on you?
1: Not to my specific recollection, but there was a time when I was getting a lot of wrestling moves done to me. And I bet you that (laughs) that was one of them because it's irresistible. The sharpshooter, like putting on the sharpshooter is just like, it's a wonderful feeling thing to do with your body. You step over, you twist the leg around. There's a whole like, it's not exactly like the spinning toehold opening, but you flip the other person over involved with it. It is, yeah, it feels good to put somebody in a sharpshooter. So I bet you, (laughs) and I've got long legs too. So I bet you that somebody put me in a sharpshooter.
0: Well, you can't really put your child in a sharpshooter
1: because she's, her legs are very tiny. Her legs are too short. And I'm very careful with my daughter. I give her softer power bombs than my wife does. Well, yeah, because she's a child. She's not really at prime wrestling move age yet. Soon she's going to be old enough for like an airplane spin, a giant swing, this kind of thing.
0: You. (laughs) Instead of a fucking how tall is your child chart, you're like,
1: which wrestling
0: move is it arguably safe to, you know, do a soft pretend version of on this child?
1: Yeah, we're just going to have a bunch of, like, photos hanging in sequence on the wall of her, like, gradually getting bigger in, like, more complicated wrestling moves. And I'm going to impress upon her. You have to sell. You have to put over these moves.
0: (laughs) Otherwise, the crowd's going to hate it. Yeah. Okay. So Balor refuses to be put away, though. He pulls out a double underhook DDT. And no, I don't know what that is, except that your head definitely hits the mat. Chris, don't explain it. Balor follows it up with a footstop to Kid's head from off the top rope and pins Kid for three. Yay. Although we do love Tyson Kid very much. Backstage. Oh, boy. Bull Dempsey is being interviewed about the match with Baron Corbin. Match what match? It's going to be quick. He says a couple of other simple sentences. Corbin's going to be on his back looking up, and the last thing he's going to hear is bull, bull, bull as Dempsey tries to make fetch happen. <laughs> to be fair, the crowd sometimes does chant bull, but Neil and I were watching it, and Neil was like, I don't think the crowd is chanting that. I think that's piped in. Like, I think that's just the thing. Like, I don't see them moving. And I was like, oh, you're right. Bull is part of his theme
1: song, which is why it's not yeah. unreasonable to think it might still be playing when he gets pinned by Barry Corbin.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, you know, as a just a the piece de resistance, Bull says one final bull directly at Devin, like a dog snapping. And she does everything in her power to look cowed by this <laughs> match two baron corbin versus bull dempsey long-awaited match so important crucial i'm sure a linchpin a turning point in the history of nxt brawl 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 irish whip bull drops down leaves a ring corbin pursues him brawl 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 diving headbutt from dempsey misses end of days from corbin pins him mm, corbin wins i think it was like three minutes four minutes maybe.
1: It was under two minutes.
0: Beautiful. All right. The part that actually mattered (laughs) at the end of it. Obviously, it didn't show any fucking highlights. (laughs) Highlights of what? (laughs) Corbin's in the ring, standing there victorious. Mm. Not that you could tell his face is not giving a lot away. But then he does like a silent MGM lion meow at the camera. And it is a meow. It is not like a roar. It's not like, (laughs) ah. It's like, he just like opens and closes his mouth like, he just wants you to know that he had the power to make a sound, but chose not to make a sound. It's like, what? What were you trying to achieve? Go back and watch it. It is a weird moment of him just going, <laughs> like, okay, OK, buddy. All right. Well, I don't know who was teaching the acting class that day. Match three, Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch in a tag team match against Charlotte and Natty. Chris, Miles was a fucking wrong. The crowd had dueling chance for Becky and Natalia the moment they lock up to start us off. The crowd is getting into women's wrestling like for real. Yes. Mm-hmm. this is amazing. When did this happen?
1: You know what? I think it was never hard to get women's wrestling over. You know how when you're a kid, yeah, and you go,, <laughs> thank you, you're with me so far." And you go to the store, you're like, your your parents are like, we'll buy you the action figure." and you're like, no, look, look, okay. I have to have a good guy and a bad guy because otherwise what's this character going to do? Like, what are they going to? You can't just buy me He-Man. Yeah. He has to be able to fight Skeletor or somebody. Shredder, whatever. Well, I mean, that raises a lot of continuity problems. But I mean, I was a different child than you were. But (laughs) this is the thing is like children understand this and Vince McMahon never did. It's like you can't just hire one female wrestler (laughs) (laughs) because she doesn't have anybody to fight. And this happened to Vince McMahon again and again and again. Whenever he would pick a favorite blonde, they had nothing to do and they wouldn't get over. And I mean, or they would, but not in a way that you could build a division on. Like Sable, everybody loves Sable, but she had nobody to wrestle. If she could wrestle, there would be no one there to receive her wrestling. Mm. Then in NXT, they were like, hey, what if some of the wrestlers were women and they fought other women who were wrestlers? That's all you ever (laughs) needed to do. And it worked.
0: Yeah. Progress is so simple. And yet, so fucking difficult sometimes. Becky gets knocked in the face a bit, books it to the outside, where Sasha joins her to take a look at her jaw, going like, oh, baby, you got hurt. Natalia and Charlotte take them out at ringside with matching baseball slides, which is super fun. I want to do a baseball slide so bad, but I don't really want to slide on that canvas. Seems unpleasant. But this match had women doing actual tag team moves. Natalia and Charlotte worked together to do a delayed something on Becky Lynch. It's the holder upside down for a while and then fell backwards with her. I don't think it feels good whether you delay it or not. But I've been assured on commentary that the blood going back into your extremities after it's all gone to your head and everything, it really stings after (sighs) somehow more than being dropped like dead weight onto the mat, presumably. Now it's Sasha and Natty. Sasha does the knees to the tum-tum and when the ref is like, give Natalia a second, Sasha screams and does the most teenage girl hands I've ever seen. It was very big, you're not my real dad, energy. (laughs) Sasha tries to make Natalia choke on her own elbows, which Natalia uses to flip Sasha and then run over to tag Charlotte. Charlotte almost gets a pin on Sasha after a quick neck breaker. Note this neck breaker. But Becky Lynch runs in to break it up look at this tag team cohesion thank you miles (laughs) the two whip charlotte at the ropes but she gymnastics away and then instead of taking the hit that they're gonna give to her natalia grabs becky gets her out of the ring leaving charlotte to deal with sasha but it is sasha who deals with charlotte sasha pulls charlotte Into a neck breaker, the very move that Charlotte did on Sasha, but moments (laughs) earlier. And then pins her, maybe even grabbing the tights. I don't know. Yes,
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: All right. And then for the three count, nobody mentioned it. And then cut to MILF Natalia comforting Charlotte, who looks both crestfallen and violent, which is a beautiful and underappreciated combination.
1: Yes. What? I really just love the way that you like... You really sold that when you were narrating it. The drama. (laughs) You said that like you were telling the story to Ewoks. (laughs) 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 Like, Dabu Dabu, Charlotte Flair.
0: (gasps) (laughs) Now for the main event. Neville versus Zane. And I cannot fucking believe the pop for Zane from a crowd that is, like, sometimes they're for four hour tapings. That's insane. And they're like, ah, it's our favorite person Mm -hmm. in the entire fucking universe. And I was like, oh, my God. I don't know. (laughs) Like I don't know if I've ever loved anyone in my life enough <laughs> to be like, well, I've been here screaming and cheering for four hours and now like and I've seen them already tonight several times and now they're here again. I'm like, it's hour four. I'm still happy <laughs> to see them. Am I? Bleh. Depends on how late it is. So they do a handshake at the beginning of the match. They do a handshake because they love each other. Mm-hmm. And Neville's being cagey. He's not looking to rush into anything. Because, you know, Chris, he just got out of a big championship match. And mm-hmm. like it was amicable, but he's still not really looking for anything serious yet. He's still looking to just kind of like test of strength,
1: maybe a little bit. <laughs> <see what's... laughs> right. Just kind of like easing into it. Like when the other person goes for like, OK, I'm going to scoop you. And it's like, oh, a whole, like not on a first date. Fuck. Like, a, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, did you not just see? I've been through a lot. Did you see my dating profile? Come on, man. You have a little sensitivity. Sammy, though, turns up the heat. Sammy chucks Neville at the ropes, ready to do a move on him. Indeed, he levers Neville up over his shoulder very high. Neville's not that heavy, I guess, compared to a lot of the others. He's got to be. He's got so much fucking muscle on him. But I guess Sammy's maybe stronger than he looks. Anyway, he's levered up extremely high. And then Adrian Neville just lands on his feet, which is so beautiful every time he does it. So beautiful. And then I have in very weird capitalization, this match is so good. Now, granted, I want to say it's good for reasons that I can explain to you, but not describe with any great accuracy. I mean, I am going to tell you about some of the moves, but they're each doing some of their go-to moves, not their big moves, but some of their sort of like, "Eh, these are my filler moves, this is my arm drags, and my head scissors, my what have you. So they're doing that and then they're answering one another and it's not move and then the other person is going like, wow, that move. The other person is going, ah, I expected that. And I have this in return. If they were talking, I mean, I, okay, I haven't seen that many movies. It would be like that conversation between Nico Montoya and Wesley near the beginning of Princess Bride, probably. Except that this comes from like lots of time in the rain together. So it means more. They love each other so much, Chris, they want to wrestle kiss. <laughs> also, though, also there are tensions. This fanfic is the first in a many part series. Whenever you see it on AO3, you're like, ooh, ooh, there's tension here. And then you're like, ah, but this is part of like a five-fix series. So we're at the very beginning of like the tensions. Zane attempts to pin Adrian Neville. And after Neville kicks out, he shoves Sammy like, what the fuck? I thought you loved me, but immediately realizes that was super shitty of him because they are in a wrestling match. He holds his hands up and apologizes, looking genuinely frustrated, kind of like, oh man, I really fucked up. The old Sami Zayn might have been like, no, hey, it's cool. Like, we're still cool. I get it. But the new Sami's like, you're sorry? And decks him with a forearm. No, it's that thing of like, I don't necessarily want this in all my storytelling where like somebody fucks up in a relationship and then the other person like does a forearm on them. (laughs) But at the same time, though. But but if they're both fighty boys they definitely should though or fighty girls like they definitely or you know just any fighty people like yeah no that's I'm just saying that if somebody's mean to Thor like Thor should probably do a forearm on them and (laughs) then they should kiss I think that's what should happen
1: this is such an interesting like specific thing about wrestling where and this is gonna sound super wonky but trust me it's a storytelling thing
0: you have to say it really loudly. You have to say it.
1: <laughs> it's a storytelling thing. Thank you. The nebulous legality of strikes in wrestling is part of the storytelling here, because if you're wrestling extra clean, you're just doing like holds and stuff. This is where it pays off when the referees are always meaninglessly, you know, admonishing people for throwing punches in wrestling matches, even though it happens all the time, because technically you're not supposed to do that. But everybody does it. It's fine. But if you've got two like baby faces who respect each other, then they're going to do some good, clean wrestling. And that gives you the moment when it escalates. And Mm -hmm. that's like we were being extra careful, extra clean, doing like pure baby face wrestling. But at a certain point, somebody's going to throw a punch or somebody's going to throw a forearm because you can get away with it. And this is a competition that really is a meaningful move. And I think between these two, you're exactly right that like this is a commentary on the new Sami Zayn and the fact that like Sami returns it. Intentionally, whereas I think Neville does it out of frustration, yeah, because he is at heart a competitor and it's like he's reacting, he's just reacting to the situation. He kind of does not have the baby face gene, you know, he just it's not natural to him.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm.
1: when he does that to Sammy, I do think it is a very meaningful character move to be like, you know what, like I'll do this thing with you, like I'll do this, like, wrestle counter you wrestle thing but i'm not going to be the guy who stands here and just like says oh no it's like it's fine like you know if you do something to me i'm going to do something back to you i will match you that is yeah it's extremely meaningful and i think that it is it's a distinctive thing about wrestling it's one of those like deep wrestling things you wouldn't know if you were just like if you were flipping through channels and you came across wrestling but yes it is extremely meaningful that strikes are not technically legal it's weird but it's true and it's important
0: i also want to. Say that you mentioned Neville getting frustrated and that is a change from what we've seen like Neville previously just unflappable and now there's like some cracks showing in this. I don't know that we're going to see them with other wrestlers necessarily, but seeing them with Sammy is enough to make me interested. I mean, I'm always interested in what Adrian Neville's doing, but now I'm like, you're doing more character stuff? This is interesting. I think Adrian Neville doesn't get enough credit because he doesn't have the same like golden retriever glowing charm of Sami Zayn. It's like, no, Adrian Neville's really fucking good
1: though, too. He's also doing shit. Oh yeah. This is what it makes me think of. Pat Patterson, when he was talking about like why is Dolph Ziggler special, mm. he was saying like it's not the flips, it's not the high flying, it's not because that's just and this is as he put it, you know, it's not just quote, yeah, I think that is why Neville is underappreciated. It's because you look at the red arrow and Mm -hmm. for some people, it's like, oh, he's a sideshow wrestler. He's a flippy guy.
0: He's not. He's so much more.
1: True. He is a very rounded, very effective performer on a number of levels. But his level of like body control his like what he can do athletically, I think tends to pigeonhole him as like the sideshow guy who does like the big flip.
0: Terrible. He deserves everything. He's so good. Okay, so Neville gets Sammy into like this raggedy flip over the ropes to the outside and then takes him out with a leap down onto him. Sammy's down holding his arm. Back from commercial, Sammy Zane does a flying crossbody leap to pancake Neville and then pin him. He does his signature toddler like kicky legs while trying to get the pin, which is the thing I really cherish that Sammy does if it's a pin that probably going to be kicked out of. It's a dynamic pin. I love that. Yeah. But now everyone's really mad and it's like, move, pin attempt, move, pin attempt. And then they also did the thing where Adrian ends up on Sammy's shoulders and Sammy's going to do the blue thunder bomb, but Neville turns it into some kind of Rana. Okay, basically Neville does my beloved, like the thighs clutching head and then dragging a man down to the mat as though dragging a sailor to the bottom of the ocean. I know mermaids don't have thighs, but it is after 6 p.m. There are no rules anymore. We don't live in a society. I'm sorry, (laughs) friends. This is what happens. Chris has to record in the evenings. You're going to get some weird dream logic figurative language. That's just going to be how it is. (laughs) Don't go back and listen to the previous episodes to like compare. Don't do that. (laughs) Mm-hmm. let's put this as a point of like no no now is whenever it starts so there's more back and forth now they're on the outside shit's getting real zane's going for that exceptional leap between the corner ropes which i saw that leap between the corner ropes for the very first time when you came on to next wrestling fan for the first time mm-hmm. and i was like why are he doing He should be doing that all the time and you were like it's because you wanted to see that, like, sometimes I'd be surprised by it. And I was like, what? Because it, <laughs> it was only
1: my 14th episode of wrestling I'd ever seen. Oh, you've grown so much. I have,
0: because I thought they were saying have a beer or something. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine what the fuck they were saying. God damn, I was adorable. So Sammy goes for that leap, and Neville clocks him in the fucking face, so Zane is just, like, dangling there on those corner robes, stunned. But he's not stunned for long. Back in the ring, he suplexes Neville into the turnbuckles. Yes, I know it is called an exploder suplex, and that's very fun to say. So, look, I want to be allowed to say it, and I don't want to have to talk about the turnbuckles every time. So, if I say exploder suplex, I just want you to think about every vertebrae just going off like a goddamn firework. Okay, I'm pinky promising you now. That's what we're going to do. Okay, exploder suplex. Exploding vertebrae. Neville is stunned. He's dazed. Sammy runs at him with the boot to the snoot, the halluva kick, and pins Neville for the victory. Oh, but there's still a few minutes left. Hmm, what, what could that portend? Sure, we get a recap of the match highlights. And then we get bad influence boyfriend Kevin Owens <laughs> delivering a powerbomb on Sammy Zayn to the boos of the crowd. Why, why must you boo him? He didn't even powerbomb him on the apron this time. Practically a kiss. <laughs> Might as well have brought him a bouquet of roses, this man. Powerbombed him onto a flat surface, guys. Fade to black as Kevin Owens leaves a battered Zane in the ring. Man, hell of an ex boyfriend you got there, Sammy Zane. <laughs>
1: Your reaction to this is always so funny because I think you are like, months ahead of the general audience vibe about, like, are we forgiving Kevin Owens slash turning him face? Because you are so acclimated through fanfic to, like, the shitty guy, but, like, it's kind of hot, though. Yeah. You're already embracing, like, he's been here a minute and you're like, oh, like, he's shitty but in a cool way. He's shitty,
0: but Sammy's still gonna fuck him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're ready to open the doors already. And I think you're an outlier. Like that's not an insult. I'm just saying like I think that the performers are counting on the general audience. They're going to get there, but it's going to be like this time next year. They're going to be ready to like open the doors and let me in. After what I did and you're already like, no, come on in.
0: Yeah, because he Chris, I don't know if you noticed he still has the stitches on his nose because it's probably the same taping. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let him in, Sammy. I mean, don't let him in, but also like definitely let him in.
1: Bob, thank you extra for that breakdown. (laughs) I know that it is late at night and you are. I don't want to say struggling. because That sounds like you're doing a bad job. You're doing a great job. (laughs) <laughs> despite everything so thank you extra what did you think about this episode overall
0: it was frustrating to write the breakdown for it because the matches were really good mm, yeah there's a lot less to say whenever it's really good because then i'm like well but you should watch it because they're doing things that are very difficult to describe because they're beautiful and then the only thing that was garbage <laughs> lasted two minutes yeah which is how you'd want it to be fair but yeah
1: It's such carny bullshit, but at the same time, there is a carny logic to it that is undeniable, where it's like, we've built this and built this and built this. But at the end of the day, nobody wants to see Baron Corbin at this stage wrestle more than two minutes. So fuck it. Yeah. like Let's go for it. We'll send Bull out there to say, this is so intense. It's going to be short. This is so incredible. Like, our issues here are so serious. I wouldn't be surprised if this match ended in like one minute, 40 seconds because of the sheer violence involved. And, and that's it. And that's such the better choice than putting on a shitty, you know, 15-minute match between these two. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. What did you think of this episode as you revisited it? It's always interesting to me how NXT has flexibility on what its episodes are. And we're going to see that, you know, further down the line. An NXT episode can be a lot of different things. And here, I think because they were trying to, like, push this move to a different date they really just focused on the matches. They gave us big matches between people who we really wanted to see wrestle, people who could carry like a match that is the attraction rather than people who it's like, yeah, you know, this is a step forward in this story that we're telling. And of course, some people can do both. But like, even if there were no history between them, Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville are always going to be able to put on a match that is an attraction that is, you know, and likewise, I mean, Finn Balor and Tyson Kidd, I was impressed that it was something so different from what NXT normally is so match driven. And I really enjoyed the matches. I think other than Dempsey and Corbin, it was all very, very, very solid. And yeah, anytime you save a wrestling show, I would just sit here and watch these matches as matches and be entertained Mm -hmm. and be happy with the time I spent. That is the high praise.
0: Yeah. You know what? Now that you say it, it did feel a lot more like whenever I watch New Japan than Mm. it did like anything else because it's just like, oh, there's nothing else. It's just look at this wrestling that can stand on its own and doesn't need a bunch of bullshit to support it.
1: And I love that NXT isn't that every week, but I love that it can be that for one week as just a showcase. Yeah. Yeah. It is now time to discuss the sights, sounds and feels of pro wrestling. What did your elf eye see in this episode?
0: Tyson's new gear. That's all kitty themed. I love that he's moved away from fact. He's like, oh, no, I'll still say my catchphrase. I'll still say fact every now and then. But now my identity is based on my social media persona and the fact that my cats are a part of like total divas in some way. Here's me. My cats are all over my gear fucking beautiful. I love he is he's a millennial pet dad. <laughs> <laughs> His character its so fucking great. Strong choice. I love it.
1: Alright, Chris, what's your elf I see? There were a number of options here, but the one that I picked out was the blank fucking face on Devin when talking to Bull Dempsey. <sighs> Devin is... So bad. So, so bad. And like, as much as I've been like talking up the flexibility of NXT, the fact that we cannot get away from this thing where we're like soap opera style lingering shot of someone's facial reaction even though we are employing Devin, who does not have facial reactions. Oh. The blank face on Devin, it's such a thing you can like project onto. Yeah. Because she's not conveying anything. No. And so whatever you thought of what she just heard, you just put that on her. Like, she's making no face because X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. And The whole mystery of this bull versus Corbin angle (laughs) and like what this is supposed to be and how we're supposed to feel about it was just sort of reflected back at me. Yes. In her face.
0: We'll get to it.
1: Bob, what did your Vulcan ears hear?
0: Tyson Kidd knows how to keep himself relevant, Renee Young said. And I was like, oh, shit, that's very not always on commentary. Do they say something that sort of speaks to a wrestler's? Larger career rather than just like whatever's happening in the moment, but mm-hmm. it was nice to hear that because I was going, oh, you know, the bits and pieces I know, yeah, I guess he has, and that does seem to be such an important skill set for thriving in wrestling writ large, but definitely at WWE, you know, whenever you are the plaything of a rich man who <laughs> wants you to to be a fun <laughs> dolly to have, you had better keep doing new things. And I really love that Renee pointed it out and also that Tyson Kidd has that as a thing he can do that he's like, yeah, I was asshole fact guy and now I'm asshole cat dad. It's like, great. These, <laughs> these are all wonderful. I'm very excited. What else do you have in store for me, Tyson Kidd? Chris, what did your Vulcaneers hear? here?
1: The big thing for me, uh, so uh, full disclosure, I was watching NXT as it was coming out at this time, and I was not an early convert to Becky Lynch. I was not very impressed with the character, not just when she came out doing the like, you oh, know, the Irish. Irish. Yeah, like, not, not that, but like this stage too. I was not early on convinced that she had anything for me. But there is a glimmer of what's really charming about Becky Lynch here, what has always been my favorite Becky Lynch, which is where after she and Sasha win their match, They're doing such great heel work as they're, like, backing up the ramp. Mm -hmm. And Sasha is just, like, so dorkily yelling, like, I won! Yeah. And Becky just, like, gives the most, like, the most tepid burn. I can't even remember what someone said. And then Becky does a two-part, like, oh, oh, like, (laughs) a double, like, a giant double burn reaction to nothing. And I think that, like that dorkiness and like she's gonna get over with like a love of puns with like a certain (laughs) sort of like lovable camp value stacked on top of like really solid fundamentals and a character you can you know i think if you fully get into her you can kind of believe her as a fighter but like A fighter who's got like a silly sense of humor. Mm. There's a glimmer of that here. So that's what I heard. It's like, oh, that is the Becky that I'm going to begin to like. No, that's cute. Bob, what did your human heart feel?
0: (sighs) Neville tried. Like, not that he tried to win the match. Like, obviously he tried to win the match. But he snapped at Sammy. He was under a lot of pressure. And I'm like, yeah, I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) I have been not at my best. Maybe this very evening, maybe whenever somebody, somebody who I do this podcast with encouraged me to set up my new mic and I did not appreciate it. But like, you know, I don't know. I just identified so deeply with Neville in that moment of going like, ah, oh, and then going like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. And it also like recognizing it and going, oh, that was not what I meant to do. But here I am. And just going like, we're kindred. Neville and I too am not a Sami Zane and I'm sorry
1: <laughs> I have no comment except to say you are such a fucking Sammy Zayn. <laughs> all right Chris what did your human heart feel I loved this episode it didn't grab me emotionally much no so the most I was able to find was the way that Becky and Sasha were like standing so close to each other right after their entrance music stopped mm-hmm. made me think like that it's part of how the women in this this promotion are getting over is that they're building like actual relationships that you can invest in as opposed to in wwe storytelling virtually every effort to this point at like a relationship between one woman and another woman has been a disastrous like transparently fake thing. Mm -hmm. like you can practically see the ignorant men handing them scripts like whenever they talk (laughs) like You know, this is how you (laughs) you boob havers talk to one another, isn't it? Exactly right. Yeah, I really like the fact that even as simple as just like these two having an actual friendship, like an actual interaction of any kind, it's still not perfect. Like NXT storytelling, especially of this era, it's not like it is spotless, but just the fact that you've got multiple characters who've been built up in the women's division who can have a relationship to each other that is not just like you know looking to the presumptively male viewer (laughs) as like women right (laughs) means so much about being able to invest in them and their storylines i'm glad they get a chance to do it having them stand close together just like i don't know something about it something about the way they're presented it's like yeah this is different than what wwe has ever done yeah it feels real that's it we're almost done with this move to wednesday nights but before we move on it's time to award our lawrence bolivier award for commitment to the bit Bob, who gets your Lawrence Bolivier Award for this week?
0: It's an unconventional choice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to Devin and Bull Dempsey because they survived. They survived <laughs> that backstage bit without cracking up or just giving up. Because that was such a, fuck me. If I was tasked with that, it would be such a near thing of like, is this the moment whenever I give up on my career? <laughs> Dude, is this whenever <laughs> I go, you know, I think I'm done actually. And they both stuck it. It was an ugly landing, but they stuck it.
1: (laughs) I don't know if I can agree with you on Devin. But I will say Mm -hmm. that my award also goes to Bull Dempsey. Oh, my God. It's specifically the intensity he's able to muster for like bull, bull, (laughs) bull. When like, I don't know that anyone has ever really chanted bull. No, I don't think so. They tried to make it happen with his entrance music, but I don't think it's going to happen. Clearly, Corbin is more popular than him. I feel like to the extent that one of them is a face and one of them is a heel, that Corbin is the face. But there's no real, like, they're not on the same level. Nobody's chanting bullet bull. He's a guy who is in a high-stress job, who's aware that he's not getting the reaction he's supposed to be getting. And he is given, like, okay, get on the mic and just say, just, just outright lie and say that you're gonna be baron corbin and the whole crowd is gonna be chanting bull which is the thing that's not happening which is why you're getting a bad performance review yeah he fucking committed to it he did that's very impressive
0: it is it is i mean look in a sense having seen that and having
1: seen baron corbin's little meow who would you rather fuck i mean there's something hot about about the idea of somebody fucking you and then looking at you the way that Devin looks at Bull after the interview just like totally blank like that I, so I think I'm going to go with Devin but uh, but I do take your point
0: <laughs> okay you know I, that not available on these options but you made me laugh so you get to have
1: that with that, we are finished with this episode of NXT. And now it's time to look to the future and see if Bob can predict the next big thing.
0: Historically, the answer has been no.
1: <laughs> this episode, Bolt Dempsey and Baron Corbin capped off a week's long feud with a match lasting under two minutes. So that option is now off the table. That has happened so I have to add a new one to your list. As always, you have four options for what can happen next time. Mm -hmm. Here they are. A, a championship match is so one-sided that it ends and the championship changes hands on a referee stoppage. B, Baron Corbin gets pinned for the first time, but don't worry, there's interference, so he's still a big, bad lone wolf. C, an indie star makes their debut by beating the shit out of C.J. Parker. Or your new option, D, The NXT champion is booked to wrestle Ty Dillinger, but jumps him before the bell and beats the hell out of him instead in a rage-filled bid to get the general manager's attention.
0: I mean, that last one would be fun, because I think Ty Dillinger would sell the shit out of it. I don't remember what C is, but I feel good
1: about it. C is, an indie star makes their debut by beating the shit out of CJ Parker.
0: You know, why the fuck not? Seems a little soon to have one, but... Well, no, it's been a little bit since the last pay-per-view. They better, like, put somebody else in there. If they're going to be continuing to add to the roster, they they better build them up before the next pay-per-view.
1: Okay, so your answer is C. An indie star makes their debut by beating the shit out of C.J. Parker.
0: Yeah. Unless they're going to introduce them only at the pay-per-views, but I don't think
1: they're going to keep doing that. All right, well, we'll find out.
0: You know what, Chris? Sometimes, sometimes my parents would take me on trips that I didn't want to go on because they knew that I would appreciate whenever I got there. Like they would take me, I went to go like cherry picking in the mountains and I was like, this is the worst thing. I cried for like half an hour. And then obviously for the rest of the trip, I was done crying, but I was still sullen. Mm -hmm. Chris, thank you for prying my fingers off the (laughs) arm of this chair and getting me into the car and, driving me through this episode that I was it was very late at night and I was like I I no, you're a brave (sighs) motherfucker what can I say
1: hey listen it's very brave of you to among other things you took a microphone out of a box and you attached it you're recording on a new microphone right now and I just want to encourage listeners this is an emergency compliment that I'm busting out for a special occasion (laughs) listeners will you please show Bob your appreciation for taking the time late at night (laughs) to make their goddamn audio quality better by attaching a new mic for you so that you can hear one of the loveliest voices in podcasting more clearly and without (laughs) intermittent clipping. (laughs) Truly, Bob has done you a favor here. So right into the show, let them know that you appreciate it. Oh, man. And for me, Bob, thank you. I appreciate you going on this journey with me. (laughs) As always, tonight it was mostly microphone, but the wrestling part as well. Thank you. Hey, Chris. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: The NXT Wrestling Fan is produced by Lucas Brown, with logo design by Claire Mulcairin. Special thanks to Rafael Medina for his theme song, Learn Buckle. You can follow his creative work on Twitter at EarthMofo. Also, thanks to Kevin McLeod for additional music and stingers, which are licensed under Creative Commons. Find his work at Incombitech.filmmusic.io. We are on Twitter and Facebook at the NXT Wrestling Fan. Come talk to us. You can also follow Chris on Twitter at megadumbcast and Megan Bob at meganbobness. The NXT Wrestling Fan is made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to help us out, go to patreon.com/NXTWrestlingFan and join our fantastic stable of contributors. They're the best. And if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to email us at nxtwrestlingfan@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
0: That's pretty impressive. I've never heard you do that before. Well, well. What are you drinking? What are you drinking that you do mouth pops now?
1: <laughs> Don't think this is, this is in the repertoire now. It's just... Oh, did you say amicable earlier? Yeah. Amicable. Why? I've always heard amicable.
0: Oh, I think you can say it either way.
1: Hmm. Let's find out. <laughs> I'm sorry. This this won't take long. I just need to know if I if I don't look it up now, I will forget.
0: Okay. All right. Are you gonna give me shit if I said it wrong?
1: Oh no, not at all. This is this is just for my own. Okay. Merriam-Webster only lists one pronunciation. Amicable. All right. Really? Okay. Yeah. I did have to, I have to. You're the first pedant that's ever fucking brought it up. Yep. That's why you brought me on the show.
0: Well, I mean, really it's because Miles had to stop doing it,
2: but yeah.